everyone, you are listening to The Redshift, your connection to your piece of the sky. I'm your host, Emma Miller. Hello, hello. Hi, friends. Hello, Kenji. Hi, Trinity. Hi, Kaiser. Hi, Rerouted. Hello, Manja. Hi, Brickbond. You are back. It's great to see you, Brickbond. Uh, hello, CHRNV. Hi, Vamaka. Hi, Karen. Hi, Illa. Hi, Galdwin. Hello, Thunder. Welcome in. Has everyone had a good week? I hope you all have had a fantastic week. I know that I have had a great week uh, and I've missed you guys and I'm really excited uh, to be back with you all today. I want to first just quickly shout out a comment um, that was sent in the ISA uh, comms chat earlier today um, about uh, finding out two truths and a lie or more two truths and a lie from me. Uh, And I wanted to say, um, if you are curious, I feel like I can do this because I'm sharing information about our astronauts right now. If you are curious about more about um, my... uh, my background, if you will. Um, I actually shared quite a lot of information about myself in our very first Redshift episode. Uh, So if you go back and listen to that very first episode, it will give you a little bit more information about me, Emma Miller, uh, on top of everything else that we've talked about throughout the show. Um, but one of the, the best parts about the Redshift, in my opinion, is that we do, of course, have our live show, but then we do save these broadcasts for later also. So if you are uh, curious about information or you want to uh, re-listen, you can always do that um, if you are interested in doing so. Uh, it gets hosted in a couple of different places. Um, I know that Stephanie posts it here uh, after the show um, every week, so there are ways to listen back, which is very exciting stuff. Um, so that's my little plug. If you if you do want to learn more about me, uh, it would be too much to go into for another episode, but um, it would be, uh, or it is possible to learn more in episode one um, of our show, where I reintroduced you all. <laughs> uh, show your face. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Uh, but for right now, you can at least uh, hear a little bit more about me if you'd like to know. A little bit more. Um, some of you might remember. Some of you might have been a little bit newer. So all of those things um, are all good. With that being said, uh, speaking about sharing things about ourselves, there is um, there is uh, there is some really great two truths and a lie that were sent to me this past week over. Um, over Discord, I got sent some messages. Um, I got sent some messages of your guys's two truths and a lie. Um, so this week, I get to share them with you all. Uh, it'll be a very exciting time. I'm I'm excited to share your two truths and a lie with you guys. Um, so we do have some uh, visual aids for this as well. Um, nice mini game tutorial, by the way. Thank you so much, Ice. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, All right. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, (laughs) That's I spend most of my time, uh, you know, doing the prototype out on Mars for sure. Um, So uh, if you don't remember from uh, 
from last week. Um, we played Two Truths and a Lie with some of our astronauts. And the way that the game is played uh, is that our astronauts will send two truths, um, which are like just two accurate statements, obviously, and then a lie. Um, but all three will sound like they're real. All three will sound possible and like they could be factually accurate. Uh, but um, they uh, they... One of them is is a hidden a hidden lie. Uh, so I asked you guys to do that as well this past week, um, and I have some submissions that I can share with you all. Um, I did get quite a lot of submissions, so I don't I didn't get to use every one of them. Um, I had to kind of pick and choose which ones um, we could use. Uh, so if yours wasn't used this week. Don't worry. It doesn't mean that I didn't like your su submission. Uh, it just meant that I had to uh, kind of pick and choose uh, the three that we would share on the show, which is very exciting. So I hope you're all very excited. Uh, I also apologize that you guys could hear me typing. I was just pulling up the documents. <laughs> um, perfect. Okay. So with that, we are going to kick off our, um, we are going to kick off our, uh, sharing of our two truths and a lie from our shifters. So to begin, we are going to share bright eyes. That's very exciting. Uh, two truths and a lie. So their two truths and a lie were that A, they were the valedictorian of their high school. B, uh, they were Charlotte the Charlotte Hornets ball boy for the first two years in the NBA. And C, that they helped to save hit R&B group Boys to Men's Lives after a riot broke out and an early performance. A, B, or C, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Which ones do we think uh, are accurate? Which ones do we think uh, are not accurate? A, B, or C? A, B, or C? It looks like we don't think that... That they were the Charlotte Hornets uh, ball boy. What do we think? What do we think? A, B, or C? Which one is the lie? Were they lying about being the valedictorian at their high school? Were they lying about being the Charlotte Hornets ball boy for their first two years in the NBA? Or did they not help save the hit R&B group Boys to Men's Lives after a riot broke out at an early performance? All right, it's looking like... We're leaning towards B being the lie. We don't think it's B. We think B is B is the lie. Hmm. Trinity is pretty convinced that B and C are true. A is a lie. All right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. I think it looks like you guys have made your choice. So it looks like B is what we think is the lie. Oh, you guys just tied it. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to untie it. <laughs> oh, nope. We're going to stick with it. We're going to stick with it being. <laughs> actually, I guess A has extra ones because it has two. All right. So it looks like A is actually the winner in terms of what we think is the lie because it has extra ones. Perfect. Okay. So with that, uh, you are correct. A is, in fact, the lie. Um, while Bright Eyes was not the valedictorian of their high school, uh, they were, in fact, Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets ball boy uh, for their first two years in the NBA. 
And they did also help to save the hit R&B uh, like group, uh, Boys to Men's Live, after, after a riot broke out in an early performance, which is super cool. I like that is such a cool fact. Uh, all three of those are really cool, but I am uh, very impressed with you all for for knowing that. Very, very proud of you guys. Congratulations. All right. You guys are kicking it off with a good start. Uh, our next one comes from Ikal Pakli. Ikal Pakli. Um, and uh, their three, uh, their two truths and a lie are, A, that they built a rideable prototype electrical car with immense efficiency when they were 16, B, that they played ice hockey professionally, or C, that they had a telescope to watch Mars when they were a kid. A, B, or C. Did they, which one is the lie? Did they lie about building a rideable prototype electric car uh, when they were 16? Did they lie about playing ice hockey professionally? Or did they lie about having a telescope to watch Mars when they were a kid? A, B, or C. What do we think is the lie? A, B, or C. Ooh, it looks like we have a pretty strong contender right off the bat of B being the lie. Did, do you guys don't think that they played ice hockey professionally? Hmm. Wow, it has a pretty resounding, uh, a pretty resounding uh, win there. All right, we'll go ahead and call it. You guys think that B is the lie, but in fact, the lie is C. The lie is C. So they did, in fact, build a rideable prototype electric car with immense efficiency when they were 16. They also did play ice hockey professionally, but they didn't have a telescope to watch Mars when they were a kid. So well done. We got, we got one for two. So that's about 50%. That's pretty good. Let's see how we do on our third one. Our last one comes from CHRNV. CHRNV. So our last two truths and a lie for our shifters is A, that they were born in a small town in the Russian coal mine region. B, that they graduated from the same school as famous Russian cosmonaut Volinov. Please correct me if I've mispronounced that correct, or if I mispronounced that. And C, that they worked as an attorney. A, B, or C. A, B, or C. This has, oh, it certainly is. Uh, did they lie about being born in a small town in the Russian coal mine region? They, did they lie about graduating from the same school as a famous Russian cosmonaut? Or did they lie about working as an attorney? A, B, or C? What do we think? What do we think? A, B, or C? A, B, or C? <laughs> C and Char and B, you can't, <laughs> you can't give any hints. <laughs> A, B, or C? It looks like C is pretty rapidly getting chosen as the, uh, as what we think is the lie. A, B, or C. I think we can probably call it here. 
So, in fact, A and B are both truth. Uh, and C is, in fact, a lie. So congratulations, you guys got two out of three. I'm very proud of you. Uh, so while they did not work as an attorney, uh, they said that they did do the exams. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more than I can say for myself. So that's okay. Uh, very, very good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right. Well, congratulations, guys. You guys did a great job. Uh, two out of three is a pretty good record for that game. So very, very well done. Uh, with that, I want to say thank you guys for sending in your two truths and a lie this week. It was really fun hearing from you all. And even if they didn't get used, I feel like I got to know you all a little bit better. So thank you all so much for sharing your uh, two truths and a lie this week. With that, um, we are going to hop into our uh, the bulk of our show today, which is going to be to round out the uh, 12 astronauts so um, who are currently at the Mars base. So last week we talked about six of the astronauts. This week I'm going to go ahead and share the information um, about the other six astronauts that um, we didn't hear from last week. Now last week, of course, we had the astronauts who were willing to play two truths and a lie with me. Uh, this week... These are the astronauts who really didn't want to do that, which is fine. Um, but I did manage to get them to share with me some of their like fun facts about themselves, things that they enjoyed, favorite books, favorite TV shows, uh, favorite foods. Um, and so we will work that in as a game. Uh, the way that that's going to work is going to be it's a fairly simple game. It'll be great. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you a question. So let's say, what is Emma Miller's favorite beverage? And then you will, uh, then you will say uh, in chat, you can guess beverages. If you get it correct, I'll end the game there and I'll say, perfect, you, you did it. Um, if you don't get it after a couple of seconds, uh, I will give you a hint. I have a total of three hints to give you before I will just give you the answer if you don't get it. Um, but I think you guys will be able to get it. I think you guys will be able to get it. Um, I think it'll be a good time. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be a very, very good time. That GIF is also very silly. <laughs> your, all your GIF usages are wonderful. Um, I will ask if you do send GIFs to respond to uh, the messages, I would uh, recommend that you also add a like text message along with the gift to tell me what you think the answer actually is. So one more time, the way that the game is going to work uh, and we'll play like a quick Emma version. I'm going to ask you a question. So what is my favorite beverage? And now you can guess what you think my favorite get my favorite beverage is. And if you don't guess it, initially, and this won't, obviously, favorite beverage is not, uh, <laughs> not a real thing. Um, I'll give you a hint. So your first hint is it has ginger beer in it. And then Rinjab got it. Beautiful. You guys did a great job. See? So it's a fairly easy game, uh, fairly easy game. And I will give you hints uh, while we're playing uh, for the astronauts. So 
that was just a that was just an example, just so you guys know. But great guess, Rain Job, beautifully done. <laughs> All right, with that, let's hop into uh, learning more about the astronauts again um, and playing our game. I'll let you guys know. I will have some uh, visual aids for the game as well, so you won't have to just listen to me talk. I promise. All right, with that, let's uh, let's start our uh, let's start our game off with our first astronaut, which will be Patricia. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to go back to our beginning and start off with the first astronaut we ever heard from, Patricia. Uh, Patricia Holzer was the star of episode two, uh, sharing with us the story of Martian glass that they created at the Mars base. Patricia wasn't afraid to ask the hard question. Is it worth having conflict at the base if it led to a stronger level of trust down the line? Or is it better to let things go without a real resolution for the safety or, or just for the sake of it being a uh, calmer base? Uh, Patricia was born on March 1st. She grew up in Bremerhaven, Germany. She was the older of two children and a fiercely loyal and protective uh, sister to her younger brother, Hans. Though she was always strong when it came to her family, she was also known by both family and friends for her deep patience with tasks. One of her favorite pastimes while she was growing up was to actually make lace, which is a painstaking and slow process, but one she excelled at. Patricia received a Bachelor's of Science in Biochemistry and Cell Biology uh, from Universitat Bremen and received her PhD in Botany from the George August Universitat uh, Gottesen. Her love for botany shifted into a passion for the idea of terraforming other planets in order to make them able to support humanity in the future. She knows it is a long game, but it is one she wants to be a part of. One of Patricia's primary areas of focus while training at ISA Lodic was to uh, was to focus on the effect of microgravity on the diffu diffusion of water through soil and its impact on root development. This work led Patricia to be credited in large part as being responsible for the creation of one of the signature spaces on Luna Station, which is a hanging bonsai garden. So now we get into Patricia's questions. So the first is, what is Patricia's favorite pastime? What do we guess Patricia's favorite pastime is? I would just start guessing activities. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think? <laughs> Watching paint dry, gardening. These are good ideas. Painting, painting's a good one. I'll go ahead and give you your first hint. It is a physical activity. It is a physical activity. Hiking's a good one. Jogging's a good one. Oh, Tosh Kent got it. Congratulations. Well done. The answer was yoga. Very well done. Uh, your other hints would have been that it requires both balance and patience. Uh, and it can be done in very hot rooms to enhance the experience. Uh, but you're correct. Well done. Uh, Patricia is a big fan of yoga. She um, really enjoys uh, doing yoga and actually does yoga at the Mars base uh, in order to help improve both mind and body while she's up there, which is pretty cool. Um, all right. We're going to her second question. 
her second question, which is, what is Patricia's favorite smell? What do we think? What do we think? Patricia's favorite smell. Flowers is a good thought. Flowers is, you're in the right direction with flowers, I think. Also, I think the right direction with lavender. It is a plant, so that was the first guess. Uh, fresh cut grass, also a really good guess. That's one of my favorite smells, honestly. All right, I'm going to give you... John, John, I'm, I think I'll just take... I will take that. I was going to say... The next suggestion or the next hint is it takes its name from a character in Greek mythology. But I think you're in you're close enough in the direction. It is mint, in fact. Uh, and it does take its name from a character in Greek mythology, which is mint. Um, very, very well done. So, yeah, her favorite smell is mint. She's a big, big fan of of uh, the scent of mint, which honestly, I am as well. I I love the scent of mint. It is a, a fantastic smell. Um, so I appreciate that. All right. Let me uh, give me one second chat. Let me get. I just want to make sure that I write down who everyone is who got the guesses. Well done. All right. Cool. Let's move on to our next astronaut. Well done. You guys absolutely killed that. You did a great job. Very, very well done. <laughs> Hi, Madal, and how's it going? I could never forget you. Uh, the maca, I also love mint. I also love mint. Mint is one of my favorite smells, too. I was really glad that uh, to find out that Patricia also loves mint. Um, all right. <clears throat> Write me down on the paper. We'll see. We'll see. You're going to have to be on it for your guesses. So next. We are going to our next astronaut, which will be John Alves. So introducing John Alves, you might remember him from his colorful letter that he shared with us in episode three after the incident with the Martian glass. John is a passionate protector of his fellow astronauts. And while some may not agree with all of his tactics, he never fails to act with what he believes is the best interest of the base at all times, even when it upsets others or hurts their feelings. John was born on March 29th in Curitaba, Brazil, to a family of fixers. His family had, for multiple generations, run a business working on a variety of technical jobs, repairing AC units, plumbing, and more. Uh, there was never a problem that Anelvas saw that they couldn't fix, but John knew fixing simple things on Earth wouldn't be enough for him. His parents weren't entirely thrilled when he set off to make his career outside of the family business, but they eventually came around in time to see him off for mission two. Plus, if you ask John, uh, he would say that he is still in the family business of fixing things, just on a different planet. John received a Bachelor's of Science from the Federal University of Piranha Curitaba, Shortly after he received his degree, he began working for the Agencia Especial Brasileira, uh, which I'm sorry about the pronunciation if I have butchered that. A few years after that, he was tapped by the ISA and recruited into Mission 2, making him one of the first humans to set foot on the Red Planet and one of the founders of the Mars base. This worked very well for John because it meant that he also got to set up the quote-unquote correct processes for most of the technology and repairs on the planet. 
In the early days of Mission 2, uh, when only the first four were on the planet, John woke up a day after a dust storm to find Mitty shaking him by the shoulder. His head was pounding. He felt dizzy and sick. Mitty held out an oxygen mask and said, CO2. Whether it was dust particles or static charge, something had messed with the lithium hydroxide CO2 scrubbers. It was John that remembered the store of calcium hydroxide they had shipped for an experiment Aurora was scheduled to run on converting human waste to fertilizer. That experiment had to be delayed. But John's improvised CO2 scrubbers kept the first four alive until the long-awaited arrival of Alliance 3. Which is pretty neat. Uh, I appreciate him. He has been literally keeping everyone alive for a very long time. Um, how old is he that he already has gray hair? I, I'll have to check on his exact age. I'll have to check on his exact age. Um, but the astronauts are all different ages. So some of them, you know, went basically right out of college into the ISA and some of them had careers before they found the ISA. Uh, so they're, they're all different ages. Um, I don't think he's the only one who has uh, gray hair. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, let's go into John's favorite things. What band is John's most played band on Mars? What band is John's most played band on Mars? What do we think? This is like the music that he listens to while he's doing work. What are we thinking? What are we thinking? I'll give you a hint. I'm going to start off with giving you a hint. It is a band from the 60s. It's a band from the 60s. You guys are sharing some pretty good ones. The Beach Boys is a good guess. I like that, Spoons. That's a good guess. Beatles is also a good guess, Salem. I like that a lot. Everyone's saying the Beatles. All right, I will give you another guess. It is an American band. Let's see, let's see. You guys are guessing some pretty good ones. It's not the Rolling Stones. You're going in the right direction, though. They play psychedelic rock music. This is your last hint that I have for you. Psychedelic rock music. Spoons got it. Spoons, well done. It is the Grateful Dead. Well done. Good going, Spoons. Yeah, so his most played band uh, on Mars is the Grateful Dead. He listens to it while he's doing work, uh, which I think is a really cool, uh, a really cool little <laughs> tidbit about John. I don't know. I. Something about him didn't strike me as a Grateful Dead listener, but uh, I appreciate that. Uh, it makes me laugh. All right. Uh, we're going to go into his second, uh, his second uh, favorite thing, which is, what is John's favorite sport? What do you think John's favorite sport is? I have a feeling you guys are going to get this pretty quickly. <laughs> Mechanic. <laughs> Memo immediately got it. <laughs> Although it, he doesn't call it soccer, but yes, Mimo, you 100% are correct. Uh, it is absolutely his, his favorite sport. Um, it is a, uh, yeah, it is definitely his favorite sport. (laughs) Um, so well done. That one was a, a fairly easy one. 
I'll be honest, <laughs> he, uh, he'd probably be pretty upset if I said that you won by calling it soccer, but that's okay. I think it's fine. I tried to get uh, John to give me something that wasn't going to be quite as easy to guess. Uh, John was not interested in giving me something else. So it worked out. It worked out. So uh, well done. You guys did a great job. So spoons and memo. Well done. Well done. Uh, favorite activity, Russian roulette. That's dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. We're going to move to our next astronaut, which is a roar. Here's Aurora's image. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Aurora has two different color eyes. I just have to draw attention to that. Uh, she has uh, heterochromia, I believe it's called. Um, and I, I just think that's, it's such a cool thing about Aurora. I, it's so unique and uh, I, I just love pointing it out. I didn't realize that until I looked closer at her image. Um, it's very cool. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Aurora. Aurora is one of the other Mission 2 astronauts, one of the original four at the Mars base. In episode six, we heard from Aurora about an exploratory mission that she took with Alex. Though the mission ended with a bit more chaos than Aurora would typically prefer, it was a step in a promising direction in terms of potentially finding very simple life forms on Mars and proving to Alex that green-headed aliens simply don't exist. Aurora was born in uh, Seine-Saint-Denis in Paris on December, 20, er, December 2nd. Sorry. From a young age, she was a no-nonsense worker, burying herself in her studies to achieve the goal she set for herself at five years old, to become an astronaut. From the first time she told her dream to her parents, they knew that she would stop at nothing to achieve it. And, as such, her father, a talented military pilot, uh, raised her in the skies. She received a Bachelor's of Science from the University of Edinburgh uh, and a PhD from the Universe, er, Institut Polytechnique de Paris. Uh, she went directly from her studies into the employ of the Interplanetary Space Alliance, firmly believing that they would be able to make the dream of colonizing Mars possible. With her strong skill set, she was rapidly decided upon as a Mission 2 astronaut. One of the training exercises is an obstacle course, uh, but some of the course is constructed so some hazards are not immediately visible. The best of the astronauts took three attempts to finish it. However, Aurora only took one because she said she thought about how you would she would make a course and could see the possibilities in three dimensions in her head. If you asked her, she would also say that she was a little bit lucky. Um, which I just think is really awesome. She has a really cool uh, way of thinking about things and her ability to uh, see potential hazards is really impressive. Very, very impressive. So with that, let's get into Aurora's questions. What is Aurora's favorite pastime? What is Aurora's favorite pastime? Now, I'm going to tell you right now that there is... This one's the, this is a, this is not really a physical activity. This gets a little bit confusing with the, all right. So we're going to start with our first hint, which is it can be a done alone or with others. 
Or Gami is not a bad one. Uh, second one is sometimes money is involved, but Aurora doesn't usually like that part of this pastime. You're on, you're, you're getting in the right direction, Vamaka. All right, Kenji, Kenji, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, well done. It is cards. So her favorite pastime when she's not um, working and it's not a physical pastime uh, is playing cards. She really likes playing solitaire, though she does also enjoy playing games uh, with other astronauts. Spoons, you already got it. <laughs> you already got one. <laughs> I, we're just being fair. You guys got it within a couple of seconds of each other. <laughs> Uh, how do you play cards alone? Well, so there's games like solitaire, which you can play by yourself. Um, I will write you down two spoons. I will write you down two. <laughs> uh, all right. I have you written down twice, but I'm also writing down Kenji. <laughs> so solitaire can be played by yourself. Um, but then there are other games as well that you can play obviously with other people. So that's how you'd play it by yourself or with others. And honestly, uh, Aurora told me that her favorite is is solitaire so that works <laughs> uh all right so uh you guys are gonna get this so fast you've already guessed it but her second question is what is her favorite physical activity to do alim immediately got it immediately <laughs> well done <laughs> all right that's, you are completely correct. If you have paid attention to any of the messages from Aurora, uh, you'll know that she really loves rock climbing. She is very, very good at it. Um, and uh, that is what she is very passionate about doing. Again, much like I asked John for suggestions of things that people wouldn't immediately guess, uh, Aurora was <laughs> very adamant about her favorite physical activity being shared. Um, I did, however, in creating the hints for this, and I just feel like this is a fun hint to share um, or fun fact, the very first indoor uh, climbing facility um, is believed to have been built in Seattle in 1939. So in Seattle, Washington, 1939. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Olympus Mons will be her next target. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, I would trust her to climb anywhere on Mars. She's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I have done my research indeed. I have done my research. Um, all right. So that is Aurora. Um, with that, we're going to take a pause. We're going to go through our sponsor message and our weather report. Uh, and then we're going to get into our second three astronauts. Uh, so I'll be right back after our sponsor message and I'll share our weather report. There is strong and then there's Mars strong. At Red Sands 1, the ISA's construction and prototyping lab, we build Mars strong. Habs made to stay at 120 below? Check. Build grinders that can chew up the corrosive dirt of Mars and spit back milled concrete blocks? Check. Structures that can take howling winds, endless sands, the torque of a 140 Celsius temperature change over a few hours, with a blast of radiation from a solar flare thrown in for laughs? Oh yeah. At the ISA's construction center in Tunisia, we call the main campus Hell's Half Acre. 
The Materials Testing Labs are a manufacturing torture chamber we like to call the Thunderdome. But the ISA calls us Red Sand One. Here, they bring their brightest minds and most advanced technology to put them through sheer, unmitigated torment. Because that's the only way we know how to make buildings and machines, and oh yeah, people too, that can stand up to the red planet. So, if you think you have what it takes to develop and test new technologies and mechanics in one of Earth's most unforgiving environments, seek out your training at ISA Red Sand One. We build Mars strong, and we will build Mars stronger with you. And now for the weather. Uh, temperatures are fairly stable, if you can say that about something that varies wildly over the course of a day. Highs of about negative 10, negative 10 degrees Celsius and lows around negative 100 degrees Celsius. Winds from 8 meters, to sec meters per second to 15 meters per second, which is approximately 30 to 55 kilometers per hour, uh, though mostly at the lower end, largely to the southwest. Atmospheric pressure is 750 pascals, and opacity is about 0.5. I paid for the ad-free edition. No ads. But they're, they're not ads. They're sponsor messages from the ISA, and that's what keeps us able to run. So you've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to them. And maybe, who knows, you'll hear uh, one of the training locations and think, I could do that, and then go join the ISA yourself. Maybe we'll see you on mission five, or six, or seven. Who knows? <laughs> All right. With that, let's get into our next astronauts, our next set of three. Hi, Trailblazer. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> All right. Um... So we are on our way uh, to our next astronaut. Our next astronaut is Maxim. So next up, we have Maxim Sokolov. Uh, we heard from Maxim in episode 12 when he told us about what really happened to cause the near accident with Corey Leonard uh, that we heard about in episode 11. Turned out that Maxim became the very first treasure hunter on Mars, discovering a Martian fire opal that has since set ablaze uh, the sparks of creativity and scientific thinking at the base to answer the question of what the opal could be used for. Maxim was born on January 1st in Kharkiv, Ukraine. Maxim received a Bachelor's of Science from the, uni or the National Technology Technical University of Ukraine uh, at the Kiev Polytechnic Institute. Uh, after he received his bachelor's, he moved to the United States to receive a PhD from the University of California at Berkeley. Maxim is an inventor in his or an innovator in his field of geology. He first came to the attention of the ISA when founder Gabriel Verbane read an article about Sokolov's project to reverse climate change effects in the Karakum Desert, restoring a small patch of green at the oasis, or at an oasis. Maxim was also a collaborator with ISA chief scientist Yui Nakano on several papers. Maxim's current objective is to address the perchlorate issues in the soil on Mars to enable agriculture and to protect his fellow astronauts from Martian, quote, red lung. 
Although Maxim's science focus meant he spent two years at ISA Sphinx in Jungfraujuk, Switzerland, his favorite part of his training experience came during a rotation at the Red Sands Construction Lab in Tunisia. An endurance athlete with a background in Ironman competitions, he peppered his stay with solo hikes around Chinini, Med, uh, Midas, and City Buhel. So that's a little bit about Maxim, which is pretty exciting. Uh, now, <laughs> oh, I like that gif rerouted. That's fantastic. That would be me. Um, all right, let's get into Maxim's questions. So Maxim's first question is, what is Maxim's? Favorite food. Maxim's favorite food. You're so fast, Alim. You're so fast. It's a good guess. It's an immediately good guess. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to Vamaka as well because Vamaka also guessed it afterwards and hasn't gotten onto the list yet. I'll go ahead and put... Alim down as two, <laughs> uh, but I am going to put Vamaka down. <laughs> uh, all right. So it is, in fact, pizza. Pizza is his favorite food. Um, it's actually a guilty pleasure food for him uh, that he really, really loves. Um, he has enjoyed a variety of different types of pizzas. Um, his favorite is a margarita pizza. It's his favorite, um, though he has he developed quite a uh, guilty pleasure when he lived in the United States um, uh, when he was receiving his Ph.D. Uh, and in, at California's uh, or the University of California at Berkeley, um, he uh, he was a regular at uh, fast food pizza locations, according to what he told me. So um, not a <laughs> not what you would necessarily expect, um, but it is a uh, something that he very much enjoyed uh, there. We, we figured that if I if I specifically said that it was his guilty pleasure food, you would immediately know it was pizza. But as it turned out, your speed at which uh, you guess anyways is very fast. Brick oven pizza is phenomenal. I agree. I also... We're not going to get into the pineapple pizza debate. <laughs> um, but yeah, his favorite is margarita pizza, if you're curious. Um, I also didn't know that uh, pizza originated in Naples, Italy. Uh, Ukrainian dishes are so tasty. Why going for pizza? Well, so, Galdon, to, to just reiterate, he was going to call it a uh, favorite, like, guilty pleasure food, Um but it was kind of we both we talked about it and it was decided that if we said it was a guilty pleasure food, you would probably immediately guess pizza. But in the end, you immediately guess pizza anyways. <laughs> so it works out. <laughs> uh, but there are plenty of really delicious dishes that I'm sure he would consider his favorite from Ukraine uh, that are not pizza. Um, but we were trying to to find something that was fun and maybe wouldn't be so easy to guess. But alas, you all are very good at guessing. So this is great. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see if I can stump you with the next one. So the next question is, what is Maxim's favorite book? What is Maxim's favorite book? This one might be a little bit harder. Might be a little bit harder. Ooh, all right. Uh, type of book or name? It's it is the name of a book. 
and I will just give you a a a a, a, a hint. It is a science fiction book, and it is the first in its series. First in its series. Uh, our dad, the Lord of the Rings series is my favorite book series. Alex Schmalik, you got it. It's Dune. Great guess. Great guess. Uh, so yeah, it is in fact Dune. His favorite book uh, is... Um, it is, it is Dune. Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a top search in Google. This game is really broken. This game isn't really broken. It's just a guessing game. <laughs> um, all right. So Alex Mallet got, uh, got the, the guess. Well done. Very, very well done. Uh, Dune is a great read. I haven't read it yet. I really do need to read it, though. Um, I think it'll be a... Uh, uh, I think it'll be... I think it'll be a good read for me at some point. Um, though Lord of the Rings is my favorite, personally. That doesn't matter. It's much more important for you to know what Maxim's favorite book series is. Um, but Dune, well done. Good guesses, guys. Good guesses. Uh, <laughs> if you have, if you have suggestions on books that, uh, Max <laughs> should read, <laughs> let me know <laughs> and I'll send them to him and see what his thoughts are. <laughs> uh, so I will, I will happily take those, those, uh, suggestions. There are a lot. There are a lot. Mars for Dummies is a good one. That's actually one that, you know, I've been reading. All right. Uh, next up, we're getting to our next astronaut. We're getting close to the end, y'all. We have two astronauts left. All right, two astronauts left. Our next astronaut is one of our, I think one of our fan favorites, which is Ida. So there's Ida. Uh, up next, of course, we have Ida Serafin. I would expect that Ida is probably one of the most well-known astronauts by our shifters. After all, we helped in some way to save her life. Uh, we heard from Ida back in episode eight, and we learned a little bit about the Martian glass incident, but also learned about what Ida was up to while working on the new technology with the ISA uh, to allow us here on Earth to help our astronauts on Mars locate resources. Shortly after that episode aired, uh, Ida found herself in pretty dire straits after a sinkhole opened up underneath her rover. We are very lucky to have Ida with us still. Um, Ida was born on April 2nd in Crema, Italy. From her earliest days, Ida was a daredevil and a risk taker. She was always finding new ways to outdo herself. If she'd climb a tree one day, she'd climb a higher one the next. She was a thrill seeker through and through, but also a brilliant minded young woman who wanted to make something of her, something special of herself. Ida received her bachelor's of science and master's of science from the Polytechnic University of Milan. Ida followed an unlikely path from there to the ISA. Two years after getting her engineering degree, she had turned a lifelong love of cars into a career as a rising star in the open wheel racing. She was offered a chance to drive in Formula 2 for the Dallara Menachrome team, but turned it down to join the European Space Agency. Frustrated by the lack of opportunities for someone with her somewhat unorthodox background, she decided to jump over to the ISA 
where she was in the very first class of recruits to go through the core training program in Sydney, uh, which was what the astronauts called flight school. She did refuse F2. Yeah, because she wanted to get over to uh, here. <laughs> um <laughs> During her training, uh, Ida was found to have exceptional fine motor skills, but what really set her apart was her ability to perform complex tasks under pressure. Even, w- or even while training as an astronaut in Sydney, she couldn't stop thinking like an engineer. She proposed upgrades to the underwater tank system that they used to simulate weightlessness and help prototype and install them. The Sydney crew presented her with a technician's uniform and badge, and to this day consider her, quote, their astronaut. All right. <laughs> I don't know that I know the area code for Mars, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, let's get into Ida's questions. Ida's first question is, what is Ida's favorite thing to do on a vacation? Favorite thing to do on a vacation. These are good suggestions. I'll give you a hint. It involves going to a place to do this while she's on vacation. It they they have them at specific places. Uh, All right, I'll give you another hint. You usually have to buy a ticket to go into one of these to do this thing. Oh, I actually think... All right, all right, I see the answer. Spoon's got it, but we have a second person, which is Illa, who got it, which is roller coasters. Uh, So very, very well done. Um, So yes, the answer is roller coasters. Her very favorite thing to do while on vacation is to go and ride roller coasters. I was waiting for someone else to make the guess. (laughs) Uh, So she really, although I, I Scrappy Coco, I like watching a movie. I could totally see how you got that um, from my, my hints. Ferris wheel is also a good guess, but Ida's a little bit too much of a, a speed-loving person to uh, to enjoy a Ferris wheel, unfortunately. Um, so she is a big fan of roller coasters. She told me that she actively seeks out anywhere that has a roller coaster anytime she goes on a vacation, uh, which obviously she's on Mars now, so she's not really going on a lot of vacations uh, and visiting roller coasters on Mars. Uh, she has a rover for that. Um but when she was back on Earth, she would she would seek out roller coasters, which is pretty cool. I also, while I was researching for hints, uh, I did find out that roller coasters originated as kind of like gravity trains uh, that would go really, really quickly. And some of the earliest ones were just used or created to uh, carry coal quickly, which is pretty neat. Pretty neat. She is an adrenaline junkie. Exactly, Kenji. That's 100% her thing. <laughs> so she uh, big fan of roller coasters. Now, <clears throat> this is going to be a this is going to be a very specific one and we'll see how you guys do. I had to do some research into this to like learn a little bit uh, in order for me to ask this question and find some good hints for you. Uh, so, this next question is 
What is Ida's favorite type of car? What is Ida's favorite type of car? And I am looking for the brand name of the car. All right, I see a lot of I see a lot of ones coming in. Um, I'll give you a hint. Uh, James Bond did drive one in. 1981. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a very good job with these with these hints because it is going to have confused you <laughs> because he does drive a lot of Aston Martins, but it is not an Aston Martin. Um. All right. Our next guess is oh, actually, Mimo just got it. Well done, Mimo. It is in fact an Alfa Romeo. Well done. <laughs> so uh, it was driven in 1981. Uh, he drove a, an Alfa Romeo um, in one of his films, in the James Bond film. And her dad fell in love with that car and ended up buying uh, buying that car. So she always associated the car that he had then. They actually like worked together to upkeep it, basically. So the same type of car that James Bond had driven in the 1981 movie, uh, they bought later and fixed the car up. And so she always associated it with her dad, um, is what <laughs> she told me. Um, also, fun fact, because you just shared, uh, Tony just shared the Alfa Romeo logo. Um, I didn't know this, but the logo is inspired by Milan. Um, it actually takes inspiration from the Milanese coat of arms on the left side, so that like red cross. Uh, and then the uh, snake comes from the coat of arms of a former ruling family of Milan. Also, Alfa Romeo uh, originated in France and was uh, in during World War II. It was um, the brand was kind of it was the Alfa brand and then it was um, brought into the Romeo world. And that's when it came over to Italy. Fun facts. Um the alpha is not even in the top. Well, Manal, and that's why we gave you that hint, because it isn't in the top 11 to make it harder. <laughs> that's what it was there for. It was a bait and switch. Well done, guys. You are all doing a really, really good job. Like, very, very good job. Very, very good job. <laughs> all right. We are to our very last astronaut, which is... Who knows who it is? You have to know. <laughs> no, you got Emmy last week. <laughs> this week, our last astronaut and the last of our 12 is Mini Mabaya, Mission Commander. So, uh, we have Mission Commander Minnie Mabaya, who we were fortunate enough to hear about just a few weeks ago from episode 14. Uh, Mitty told us what it was truly like to be a mission commander. Some days are easier than others, and she learned uh, firsthand uh, that some are more difficult after dealing with the CME drill with the others on Mars. Uh, Minnie was born on March 16th in Quezon City in the Philippines. She grew up spending all the time she could outside of her studies in the swimming pool. 
One of her favorite things to do growing up was to join her mother and aunt in the kitchen to help them make lumpia, uh, which is a delicious spring roll type dish. Minnie got her bachelor's of science from the Mapua Institute of Technology before attending Stanford. Following her education, she returned to the Philippines to join the Philippine Space Agency, but found that there were few chances for space duty uh, because they typically went to the people who quote unquote looked the part, uh, which was primarily macho men with Air Force training. Luckily for Mitty, a tip from a former professor put her name in front of her countrywoman, which was spacesuit designer Delinda Tutud, which is one of the five founders of the ISA. Tutud recruited her aggressively, and with a real shot at setting foot on Mars, Mitty never looked back. Mitty was accorded the ISA's highest honor when she was chosen to serve as commander of the Mars Mission 2. Mitty's people skills were what truly set her apart when the ISA was looking to name a commander. Mission Control Director Adon Luzariga, who was once a competitive footballer, uh, and that is football in the John Alves sense and not football in the America sense, uh, calls her the ISA's center midfielder. Adon explained, Mabaya is decisive when she needs to be, but utterly without ego, with a unique talent for bringing out the best in people around her. During her training for the Mars mission, Mitty and her fellow trainees underwent, underwent simulated exercises where teams must cooperate to survive a series of dangerous, high-pressure scenarios. Although Mitty's individual performance scores were comparable to the other top 15 or 20 candidates, she was the only person whose teams survived 100% of the time. The next highest survival rates were 87 and 78% respectively. So she absolutely brought out the best in her teammates from the beginning. Very, very impressive. With that, we're going to get into Mitty's fun facts. Lord of the Rings again. Oh, it's a great guess. Always a great guess. All right, Mitty's first question. <clears throat> what is Mitty's favorite sport? Favorite sport? <laughs> Football. You guys are, you're guessing. You're closer. Some of you are getting close. I'm going to go ahead and give you your first hint. I'm going to give you your first hint. Uh, the rules of this game were developed in the late 19th century. Does that help at all? <laughs> Galdwin, I think... I think you have it. What well, kind of maybe? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you think about what you just said, and see if you're maybe missing a word. I'm going to give you the next. Suggestion? <laughs> I think I think Galdwin. I'm gonna give it to Galdwin for what Galdwin suggested. Spoons later said it. Um, it was initially derived from rugby, but it was played in rivers and lakes. And it got its name. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. We'll give it to <laughs> we'll give it to rerouted. Or Alex, I guess Alex gets it gets the second one. Spoons, you already got <laughs> you already won. <laughs> I've marked you down as times three. <laughs> you for sure got it then. <laughs> But I'm going to give the, the ones to people who haven't got them yet. I'm just writing down names who I haven't gotten yet. <laughs> it's not an insult, I promise. It's just me giving credit to people who I haven't already added to the list. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Scrappy, so she played it in at Stanford. She was a team captain at Stanford. Spoons is written down, believe me. If I could show you that I have written down... Uh, Spoons' names three times, I would show it to you three times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she did go to Stanford. Um, that's where she played it. She loved swimming growing up and then played it later. Um, I promise. <laughs> Spoons needs to play the lotto tonight for real. <laughs> All right. All right. Our last question from Mitty is, what is Mitty's favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. <laughs> the instant friend suggestion. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think? They're good guesses. Hmm. So I can tell you right now, Goldwyn, it's an old show. So the, the first hint is that it originally aired in 1966. There have been a large number of uh, versions of this. All right. Brickbond got it. Well done, Brickbond. It is, in fact, Star Trek. She is a, um, <clears throat> she is a big uh, Trekkie. She's a big fan of Star Trek. Um, her, the, the promise of to boldly go where no man has gone before uh, was a promise that she really um, resonated with her at a young age and has loved throughout her life. Um, but yes, it is a TV show and it has many films. So films and television shows, uh, lots of different options. So yeah, that's her favorite. Her favorite is, uh, in fact, Star Trek. That's her favorite TV show. Uh, and before you ask, uh, she did want me to throw this in there that her favorite captain is Catherine Janeway. Um, if you are, um, if you're wondering, if any of you are big Trekkies, favorite is Catherine Janeway. Good to know. <laughs> um, well done. Well done. I am so, so impressed with you all. Um, I'm going to go back through and make sure that I got all of the correct people um, on my list of people who guessed correctly. Um, and I will um, make sure that that gets sent along. Um, <laughs> uh, but you all did a really, really great job. I am so proud of you all. And I hope that you, um, I hope that you all enjoyed, um, enjoyed the, uh, the game. I hope you all enjoyed the games. I hope you also all enjoyed relearning a little bit about all of the, um, astronauts. 
it is a uh, it is a really fun job that I get to have to share um, to share with you all uh, the um, the information about the astronauts. So it's it's really it's really great. Thank you guys for hanging out and uh, for playing the games with us today. I appreciate that. Um, with that being said, we are going to end our episode for the week. Um, I cannot wait to chat with you all next week. It's going to be a great time. I'm really looking forward to next week. Uh, and I will see you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Bye.